This is Office Hours with the Practical Prop and Friends with me, Dr. Santo D. Marabella, your workplace advisor and teacher. Hello and welcome to another edition of Office Hours with the Practical Prof and Friends. So uh, we started a series, a short series, given the uncertain times we're facing with coronavirus, COVID-19. And I wanted to look at different industries and the impact that friends and family and folks that we care about are having and experiencing given the serious nature of what is going on. So our first episode in this series dealt with artists and entertainers. And today's episode is going to look at the small businesses. And as you may know, we're recording from Pennsylvania and this Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the backbone of this state is small business. And it has been for a long, long time. And so that's a great concern. And I'm sure that that's not um, it's not unusual or unique to this state, but to many, many folks throughout the U.S. and, of course, beyond. So I'm really pleased to have my friend Bonnie sussman Versace, who is an executive business coach and leadership trainer. And she's the founder and operating principal of Focused. Known Bonnie for years. We've talked. We've shared. We've uh, collaborated. And so I'm really happy to have you and welcome, Bonnie, to the podcast. Thank you, Practical Prof. Thank you, Santo, <laughs> for inviting me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Listen, um, let's start out. First of all, how are you doing in these times? I know it's just recently beginning to, to have impact, but as a, um, as a consultant, as a, as a small business owner yourself, how is it going? Very interesting times. Um, it, even having been through 9-11 and uh, several downturns in the economy, um, several other uh, major issues that have gone on worldwide, I don't think anything could prepare us for what we're dealing with right now. This is so massive and so widespread. And the worst part of it is the panic that it's driving Right. Uh, I think, you know, from that standpoint, um, you know, we're, we're looking at being uh, isolated in our, in our homes for a period of time. So it's very difficult to work closely uh, with my clients because we can't be eyeball to eyeball, so to speak. So everything turns to Zoom or phone calls or FaceTime or WhatsApp. And uh, it's a different environment. Yeah, it really, really is. Well, you know, what are you, what are you telling clients? What are you, what's your goal right now with, with the clients? I'm guessing it's hard to develop new business right now, but maybe not. But what, um, what's your message to your clients? The message is, is really to, in a sense, keep their heads down, stay focused, and keep moving. Uh, even though we are in a tremendous state of disruption, they I'm, I'm working with a lot of small businesses where the equity owners or um, the, the top leaders in the company are very, are young. The oldest one, I think, is 42 years old. Mm-hmm. So to help them get through this, 
it's really, you know, what do you want for the future? And the, the first question I usually ask people is, how long do you want to be in business? And if they say, I really, you know, I'd like to be here through retirement, well, that's another 20, 25 years. So we have to look past today and think about, you know, yes, this is a horrible situation to be going through, but we will get through it. It's going to take a little bit of time. We will rebound. And what is it going to look like on the other side? So you have to be able to help people have even a modicum of hope or they get too far in the doldrums and uh, depression and everything else sets in. And um, there, there needs to be some bright spots to look forward to. So that, that's what I, that's what I help them work through. Well, and that makes a lot of sense because it's so easy to get caught up in the present and to get hyper-focused in how how difficult and challenging and turbulent this is right now. But it's kind of like Warren Buffett telling us, you know, don't look at the short term in your investments, look at the long term. And I have not looked at my uh, retirement. I refuse to. It's, it's too depressing. Probably. It is. It but is. that's really good. And I, and, and I like that. I like the I like the message of hope. Uh, I mean, it's too easy in business to get bogged down with the numbers, and the numbers are horrible probably right now. And that's we got to look beyond numbers. We got to look at the people. So good for you. It good is, on you. and it is all about the people. It, business is all about the people, and when it stops being all about the people, then. Um, you know, then it then it makes it a, a really difficult journey for people when something like this happens, and and I know Santo, I know that this really when you when you talk about think about the future and you know don't get so mired into what today looks like. You know that goes against it goes against a lot of philosophies where people say you know you you really if you're if you're living in today. Um, you know, your, your, your being, you know, your B-E-I-N-G, your being, and this is good for your karma and for your well-being and whatever. And it is, and it is, but if you're going to do that, then you, you can't possibly look at the news and social media and everything else. It, It just, it will tear you apart. It will tear you down. It will tear you apart. So well, you have to let people focus on what is this going to look like down the road? How, how are we going to make plans for the future? What marketing, what marketing opportunities are going to be out there? Uh, yeah, not, yeah. not to take advantage of anybody ever, but you know, right, what marketing right. opportunities, wholesome marketing opportunities are going to be available. You know, and I, I, um, what both of us do articles, um, for uh, the Red, local Reading Eagle Business Weekly. And one of mine talked about being present and the importance of that. And someone, a reader said to me, you know, well, yeah, but the present sometimes isn't that great. And there's a difference between being present and being stuck in the present. Correct. And I think that's your point. Yes. That, you know, being present means, wow, I have to acknowledge I'm afraid of what's going on now. And we're going to get through this. That's, that's, that's also being present. Yeah. And there's going to be an end to this and we're going to get through it. And how are we going to do that? We got to focus on that. So 
that's that's really important message. I really appreciate that from you because uh, I think it's something easy to forget. It is. It is. So the- I don't know if you had a chance to, to hear this or see this yet, but I, I, I really recommend it. Arnie uh, Sorensen, the Marriott uh, president, released a video. You can see it on YouTube or uh, Twitter. It, uh, I, I wasn't aware of it till a friend um, shared it with me. It is about five minutes and 30 seconds of the most authentic leadership I've ever seen in recent times. This amazing person was clear on facts. He didn't sugarcoat. He didn't. He didn't um, scare and 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 um, you know sensationalize. But he was really honest and blatant and caring and empathetic, all wrapped up into one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you see that. I didn't. You, yeah, I didn't you, see that yet. But I, thank you. I just made a note to uh, to take a look at that one. I've I've been following uh, Doug McMillan from Walmart, and uh, uh-huh. he does the same thing. He this he is he is so Sam Walton esque. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible. And I just, I adore him and I love watching him. How, how are your CEOs that you're talking with or the, or, you know, there may be small business or, or presidents or principals, but how are they faring? I mean, they may have employees, they may not. What's their attitude? Um, what's their outlook? Is it, are they hopeful? They're hopeful. It's all about the people. They are so incredibly concerned about the people in their companies because they're like a family. You know, they're small business, but, you know, the, these folks are part of their part of their extended family. And um, I am so proud of them. I'm so proud of the group of, of business owners and business leaders I work with. Um, it, it, it's it's just it's wonderful to watch them watch the flowers unfold, if you will, as this pandemic is t- tearing our lives apart. Um, but one of the things one of my clients actually posted something on um, on Facebook this morning, and it was a picture of a a man in a in a coal mine working in a coal mine in, in the four by four box that they work in the area that they're picking coal from, and uh, it reminded him of his grandfather. And he said, um, "This this is a true reminder to me um, that I." will never complain, you know, kind of the, I'll never complain again because I need to keep fighting for my family, my, mm-hmm. my wife and my kids and my company family. These, these are the people that I care about. And, wow. uh, it, it was, uh, it was, it was a very, for me, it was a very emotional moment to read that because, uh, this person absolutely represents transparent, honest, authentic leadership to the nth degree. And this, this is what, this is what I'm seeing. I'm blessed though. I don't know outside of my little environment right now. Right. <laughs> I don't. Well, come on, let's, let's, let's be honest here. Um, I know you, and I know that you had influence on how they are handling this. I mean, your experience with them, the, you, the experience of you as a helping facilitator in their business conversations has a positive impact. And, you know, that's 
that's contributing to why they're acting and behaving in such a productive and positive way. So Yeah, but they had it at their core to begin with. I, I just right. helped them tweak I, their skills, that's all. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, we're going to argue about that. But I'm talking with Bonnie sussman Versace. She is the founder and principal of Focused, executive uh, coaching and training, leadership training organizations. And she's an amazing person and competent um, consultant. And we're here on Office Hours with the Practical Prof and Friends talking about how the uh, corona pandemic is uh, impacting various industries. We talked in our last podcast, we talked about the arts and entertainers and how difficult that is when they're, you know, their livelihood is dependent on <laughs> crowds of people. Um, and now we're talking today's podcast uh, about the impact on small business, which is such an integral part of uh, the Pennsylvania economy, but, but kind of the United States economy. Um, I want to ask you this question, and it's not a trick question by any means. It's this kind of current debate, and I just want to get your opinion on this. So we're faced, and I'm, I'm trying to be as apolitical as possible. Um, you and I know where I stand, but I, I'm really trying to be as objective. There's there's a dilemma of sorts where you know the need to get back to business, the need to open up, um, the economy again to business and the on one side and that's coming from some some business and from government and on the other side the need and the urging from healthcare experts that it's too soon to even talk about that um, like the two-week window from now from we're, we're recording in late March but a two-week window from now uh, putting us around the Easter time for the uh, for Christians who celebrate Easter, April twelfth. What do you think? Um, how do we? I mean, I think we have to do both. But but wow, what do you think? It's a, it's an interesting. No, it's not interesting. It stinks. Um, <laughs> let's just call yeah. it. Let's just call yeah. it that. Um, yeah. I, I have currently I have several clients that have closed or closed part of their businesses. Uh, and if and if you look at there's roughly give or take 28 million businesses in the United States of that, what percentage do you think are small businesses less than 500 people? Most, mm. right? It's it's big. It's a big number. This is yeah. the backbone of our economy. Right, right. This is this is how this is how we run. So if if we say as a country that we're going to close down, or even a state that we're going to close down everything, and everybody will be at home, that what I can only tell you this from experience. So having lived through nine eleven, and uh, having had the I was in another industry at the time I had another business and having had the impact of 9/11 affect so many of my clients that I was working with big and small I mean we had some corporate 100s that we were working with and we had a lot of mom and pops we were across the board the devastation from that was insane and to to the point where people for, I'm going to say a period of about three months, 
It was like the wind was, we were in a, in a sailboat on the water and there was no wind anywhere. People weren't mm-hmm. talking. People were afraid if there was a helicopter that was flying over to go to take a patient to the trauma center at the hospital, people were in total fear. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. But what we noticed is there was a huge uptick in healthcare at that time because people were getting sick. uh, Their, their systems were all screwed up. The, the fear and the anxiety just took people over the edge. Mm-hmm. So out of that, and I never really looked at the statistics uh, other than what I was uh, being advised by a, a lot of the folks that we worked with who were in the healthcare industry and they were on the front line, but the level of suicides and, and people going on Xanax and other and Prozac and whatever else was around increased levels were huge. And it was very, very difficult for people to get their lives back to normal. And I think, you know, I don't know what's in the president's head. I don't know what the advisors are thinking. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I am, I am 14 years away from being even remotely qualified to answer the question. But, um, I I really think that, um, I think people just have to be practical. You know, you have to be safe, but you have to be practical at the same time. And if, you know, I, I can, I can only, I can only go by what I see and what I hear and what I'm learning from people. So currently, like I said, I have, I have clients that are either completely closed down, they're partially closed down. Um, Look at our local retailer. I mean, closing 30, 30 some stores down. Um, it, it, how do we get our lives back to normal? Whatever normal is going to be the new normal. And, and what's the right move? I know, I know one thing. I wouldn't want to be in any particular seat in Washington right now of any high authority. Yeah. I would never, never want to have to make that decision. Exactly. Even with, even with advisors and, and look, you know, no, I know this sounds crazy, but when you think about it, even medicine is a practice. It's a practice. It's not perfect. We don't really have all the answers. So how do you, how do you make the best qualified decisions? You take information in from all, all areas, all people and then you try and make the best qualified decision, just like just like you do running a family, running a business, running a community, whatever it is you're doing. Right. But the, the, and the thing and, and I think that's that's really sensible. I think being practical is sensible. I think what 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 encourages me about science and medicine, it's based on data and facts. And I'm not a data facts kind of guy. I'm a gut, you know, intuitive kind of guy, but I love data and facts when it comes to this kind of stuff. We've, yeah. we've, you know, we have history, we have patterns, we have behaviors that doesn't mean it's going to uh, replicate in the U S but I think we have to at least take into account the patterns that have that, you know, China or South Korea or other countries, particularly Italy now, you know, what they haven't done or have done. So 
But yeah. you, have to, you have to also take into consideration the population that was affected in Italy. So Italy has, it, you want to talk statistics, right? Okay. Yeah. They have the, 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 oldest. Uh, the, the, the oldest population in Europe, right? And, exactly. and of the people that have been affected, I believe, I believe if this is a correct statistic that I saw, the majority are smokers, which means that their lungs are already um, impacted, right? Yeah. Okay. Now let's jump to South Africa for a second. So I know you, I know you're, you may or may not be familiar. I am, I am pretty familiar with South Africa. I've been going there for many years. Right. As of Thursday night, the president is closing down the country. They will be on complete lockdown. Now they have a totally different situation there because the majority of their population lives in the smallest uh, square miles. So they have, you know, there, there are still townships that exist there and Mm -hmm. you have people that live in, in environments where it's very close proximity to each other. Now the Chinese, and and I'm, I'm not wanting to make this sound, um, I don't want this to be inflammatory in any way. No, no, no. But, I get you. But, the, but chi- the Chinese have been investing in South Africa since 1994 when Mandela was president. He invited them to, to come. So there has been a lot of influx from, sorry about that. There's been a lot of influx from um, that region. and And now what's happened is you have you have the virus starting to spread there, but actually where it came from was there was a, a trade group that went to Italy. Uh, sorry. It was a tourist group that went to Italy and they um, brought the virus back with them. So wow. that's, how it, that's actually how it started there. And it started near Durban, which is uh, on the East coast. Yeah. The so, upper, um, the Umbria and it's pretty close to where uh, I was born. Uh, yeah. outside of outside of Milan and Turin and yeah we're talking with Bonnie Sussman Versace she's the founder and principal in Focused executive business con- coach and con- and consultant and leadership trainer this is office hours with the practical prof i'm going to ask you about uh, some advice you'd have for small businesses coming up at uh, as we wrap up but the, before that we've got to talk about the latest book so um, Bonnie has this really cool book called Thoughtful Leadership Tips, right? The recipe book? Recipe so, for Thoughtful Leadership and Healthy yeah. Culture. Tell us about it. <laughs> Tell it's you fun. about it. You were the one that inspired it, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. Cool book. Uh-huh. Um, and thank you again for doing that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is a it is a. a a food recipe and a leadership and culture recipe book. So there's, there's actual food recipes mixed in to create more of a flavorful experience for the reader, if you will. <laughs> and, um, it's, they're all very short reads. There's seven, 800 word uh, recipes or chapters. And uh, again, just, you know, very, very uh, practical information, easy to follow. And I've had a lot of folks that have uh, picked up the book and what they do is they use it with their, 
they're uh, less, as they say, less seasoned leadership teams or their managers and supervisors. So they they select a food uh, recipe that they make in their if they have a corporate kitchen or wherever they are, and then they sit down and they they eat the meal and then they talk about one of the other leadership or culture recipes and everybody walks away with you know five things that they want to accomplish out of as a result so it's it's been very cool it's it's such a great fun approach to leadership i you know we've we've known this for years that you put food in front of people at a business meeting and it changes the whole <laughs> the whole ambiance and the whole environment and that's not even if I mean, we know, uh, you know, I'm Italian, so for me, it's always been that way. But even the Maragani's, even they, even they get that you put food down, and it just changes. People are more inclined to connect, more inclined to ch- chuckle and laugh and smile and be open, and so you've just kind of exploited in a great positive way this this idea that food really does get us to communicate. Well, it's and, breaking bread. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure you get lots of opportunities to use food um, metaphors and analogies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so before we wrap up, um, so what do you say to the small business owner, whether it's uh, women entrepreneurs, men entrepreneurs, first-time entrepreneurs in these uh, kind of challenging times to go forward? Okay, so I'm going to be momentarily, I'll be sarcastic. Okay. So this is Monty Python. Run away, yeah. run away. <laughs> no. I like Embra- Actually embrace it because if, if, if you can stay, keep your head down, stay focused and keep moving forward, care about the people that you're working with, take care of each other, you will come out the other side of this ready for anything and everything. And just having had the experience of going through a, uh, going through a nine 11 experience and downturns in the economy and a few other things. I mean, every time I always find people ready to embrace innovation, get creative. They, people think about different ideas, make sure you include your whole team in what's next because if if it's going to get created they need to be a part of that creation they need to help you don't do it in a in a vacuum don't you know that this stuff doesn't happen um it doesn't happen in isolation it it happens working as a team and and getting people involved and you know let, letting them have ownership of it too so um yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff that happens and, and be forgiving, you know, be forgiving of each other. This is a great time to reconnect with people and forgive. And I, I tomorrow, tomorrow, and I have people that I'm going to be writing notes to that I feel that I haven't maybe said thank you enough to over the years. And maybe that forgiveness starts with ourself, ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, we do beat ourselves up. We do are, we are the hardest critics, the harshest critics of ourselves. And why didn't we see this coming? Why didn't we be more prepared? Why didn't we do that? We didn't, we did our best, 
that's what we that's what we're doing and that's what we continue to do and that's what we gotta you know that's part of the embracing it's like okay we're here but we we're also have to learn from it santo if if we don't learn anything from all of this and we don't turn around then and teach what we learn to the next generations or to the people around us then then what yeah then it is then it is a scary uh pandemic virus but if we do learn something then then it's making um making something worthwhile and productive and moving us forward yeah Listen, um, thank you so much. We've been talking with Bonnie sussman Versay. She's the founder and principal of Focus. You can reach out to her at Focused, F-O-C-U-S-E-D-L-L-C dot net, where you can find out all about her book. There's cool pictures of the book on her website and a contact and uh, to reach out to her. And uh, thank you so much for being with us today. It was uh, really, as always, great to talk and great to have your insight and opinions. Thank you. Always a pleasure being with you. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks. This has been, sure, this has been Office Hours with the Practical Prop and Friends. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to continue with this series um, in a few, uh, few weeks, few days, perhaps. Um, so please, please stay in tune. You can listen to us on your favorite uh, podcast player. Uh, thanks, and we'll see you soon. This has been Office Hours with the Practical Prop and Friends, a production of Marabella Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Practical Prop and Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at The Practical Prop. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.